The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. Corey, how do you like your nipples? Toasty. You like your nipples draped in luxury? All the time. All the time? Well, if you love luxurious feeling nipples, I suggest you go and support some of the people who sponsor our show. Huh? 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 I don't see how I could not. <laughs> go ahead and take you and your nipples, and you're going to go over to our first one, which is uh, he does all our art. He's a really good friend of ours, uh, Brad Gunnarsson, Statusphere Merch, statusphere.merch.com. Use the coupon code TERROR. Get, you, get yourself 15% off of your order there. And furthermore, you can take take the same set of nipples, head over to thehate.com, T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I.com, three eyes. Use HBG15, get you 15% off there, treat yourself and your nipples. And I only wish I had more than three nipples to use. Welcome to episode 76 of the podcast there. A production of the Galactic Network. This is the podcast about the things that'll scare you. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey. Corey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? I can't complain. Now, before we started recording, you mentioned some some pretty impressive news about a, a guest that you had on your other podcast. Do you want to just uh, bring that one up real quick? Tell, I mean, the, tell uh, the people. Cross no big deal. If you're, if you're familiar with podcasts at all, you probably have not heard of this person. Uh, his name is Tom Merritt. Uh, he's from uh, pretty much everything. Uh, he, he's 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 done it all as far as uh, especially uh, tech journalism podcasts, but the Daily Tech News Show, uh, Current Geek, his uh, current uh, Twin Peaks related show, a damn fine podcast with Ron Richards from All About Android and that fanboy. He is one of my personal heroes. And so if you do happen to check out Else Nerds from this past Monday, you will hear me gush like a little girl. That happens. Um that was a gush joke in there too. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say you should ask him to come on podcast of terror, but he hasn't been on worst episode ever yet. So until he does that, I can't really scalp him from another show. That's true. That's absolutely true. I I, I think at least he needs to wind up on the Simpsons show. That's yeah, something like that. Um, well, oh, did you say worst well, episode ever, or did I? Did you say nineties percentile? I said worst episode ever. All right, which then, is the then Simpsons? Then I missed one. My job. It's not even like late. It's the middle of the day. Yeah, but I'm here. That's fine. <laughs> um, our guest this week is the host of the Jukebox podcast and also co-host of the Geek Cinema Society. And lastly, he's a good friend of ours, Brett Stewart. Brett, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. You have such a radio voice. <laughs> Will you read I appreciate me? That. Like, can you record yourself reading children's books? And then I'm just going to play them while I sleep. And yeah, while I'd he tries to the neighborhood and tries to lull kids to sleep. <laughs> good night, moon. <laughs> Ah, oh, please read me Good Night Moon. That'd be great. I'd be <laughs> totally down to do that. <laughs> Nothing creepy uh, about well, this. It's a pleasure to be on the show, guys. I love coming on Podcast of Terror. This is probably my favorite show that I've guested on. That's why I'm here a third time. I'm excited that you guys would let me back a third time. This is that, That's true. You're. Uh, I was trying to think of a fun club name for the three-timers. The three-holers? Got, got in the go. hole for the third time? I don't know. <laughs> the gutter balls? The gutter balls. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, we love having you, so it's always it's always nice. Plus. Also, we got a really nice message, or I got a really nice message from Nicole, uh, who is your co-host on mm-hmm. Geek Cinema Society. Um, 
talking about a joke that I made that she caught in the last episode of the show, which not only surprised me that she caught the joke because it was rather obscure, but also that she listened. It was really sweet. It made me happy. <laughs> Shout out to Nicole. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're, I think we have a new date for her to come back because we ended up having to reschedule and yada, yada, yada. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. She, she always brings weird Korean movies. And this one was somewhere between weird Korean movie and cable porn. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is every Korean movie. That's true. They, 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 things are different over there. More power to them. But that's for a different day. Uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links. I'm not even drunk anymore. You can go to gncast.com slash pot. Uh, you can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com slash sign up. Whether there you can subscribe to our newsletter. Um, we're spoiler heavy. We're going to spoil 2015? Yes. 2015's He Never Died. I could scroll down and look, but it's just easier for Corey to help me out. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Uh, there's also going to be a link in uh, the show notes to purchase it on Amazon. If you want to be nice, give us a little bit of that sweet, sweet, sweet money. And um, Corey's I Swear or something. Corey seems to think yeah. I have a potty mouth. If you haven't picked up on it so far into the show where we've already dropped a few bombs, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should probably get some Adderall. That's true. That's true. Um, before we go ahead and get into talking about that movie, a really, really fucking great movie that I can't wait to talk about, uh, let's do some news. Um, there's no shortage of news this week, but uh, a couple gems. Uh, Netflix is making a Castlevania series, which sounds really awesome to me. And then they had to go ahead and say that it's going to be like a Game of Thrones take on Dracula's Curse, which made it less awesome for me. But I'm still really curious. Um, I, I, Brett, do you were you a big Castlevania fan as a kid and now, I guess? Castlevania was something that I played uh, later on when I was an adult because I was like the generation before me. I grew up with like the N64 and stuff like that. How, wait, how old um, are you? I'm 21. Wait, so. What? How did this whole time I thought you were like almost my age? It turns out you're just a little baby. <laughs> yeah. When you say almost your age, Matt, you mean basically you could both be my kids. Yeah, I thought you were closer to 30, not like you, you just... Right, no, I'm on year. the lower end of that I'm, uh, lower end of that spectrum. It's so, his drive. Uh, it's his drive and zest for life. That should be the giveaway. Exactly. Uh, so so Castlevania for me was, was something that I was, again, like, like it, was, it was your generation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, I love it. I, I'm, I'm excited for this. I get worried whenever I see someone say, we're going to make it the Game of Thrones of anything because then it's just going to become Emerald City. Um, and I like <laughs> Emerald City because I, I'm, I'm a masochist and I like bad TV, but, uh, I, I think, I think, I don't think you should necessarily want to be the Game of Thrones of anything. I think you should go and be whatever you want to be. Well, I guess my question to that is, um, cause I sent this to a friend of mine and he goes, ah, I don't like Game of Thrones, so I'm not going to watch this. Saying you're going to be the Game of Thrones of something is basically shooting yourself in the foot because mo- some people will you think you're like like it, yeah yeah it wouldn't are you saying that it's going to be the the biggest fucking Dracula story ever known to man is that why you're saying it's Game of Thrones or are you saying that it's going to have the same um, kind of layout where everyone's naked and all the main characters die right right yeah that that's the thing is that it's this is not coming from the creators of the show. This is coming from someone who's trying to sell the show 
to TV watchers to say, oh, you're you're going to see expectations of, of a Game of Thrones type show because that's shorthand for you will probably like this, but I don't know how to describe it otherwise because I'm not a creative person. I'm just some fucking doink who's sitting here in marketing trying to let you know, please watch my show. I need a job. Um, and, and you're right. It, it's a question of what is what is Game of Thrones shorthand for at this point? Right. Uh, is like it in this Sean Finn shows up in the first episode and then is gone right after? Is it just like here's 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 rape? Because why not? Uh, it, it's really hard to say. But I am going to point out that one of the writers for the show is Warren Ellis, and Warren Ellis is a comic book writer who has done novels and stuff, has developed stuff for TV. He is British, so he's automatically one of the best premier comic writers out there. Uh, he is a really funny, cool guy. And I have more faith in it because of his attachment to it than I do even because of the source material. And Castlevania was always cool, but it was sort of, I mean, my generation, it was side-scrolly. There was, you know, people were chiseling shit out on stones in my day. Mm -hmm. So um, I also want to say my dad likes to play Castlevania, which is really funny to me. Like, my dad does not have any aptitude for video games at all, but the one game he's ever talked to me about at length was Castlevania. That's awesome. Brett, you were going to say something, and Corey just blatantly cut you off and talked for about yeah, 10 fucking minutes. No. <laughs> um, that's, first of all, it's a great point. And I, and I think in the case of this particular show, producer Adi Shankar says that the show is going to be, quote, super violent. So that is what they're referring to when they're talking about making it more like Game of Thrones, is that it's going to be hella violent, uh, which is cool. I think, I think it kind of has to be yes or at least it should be um and we're seeing that nowadays where where we see these properties that previously would have been approached perhaps more timidly and now uh largely thanks to game of thrones largely thanks to deadpool uh they're not anymore which is why i think logan's gonna be really badass that i i'm actually i agree with you i'm really excited for that movie i feel like if, if you're gonna attribute the castlevania being ultra violent like game of thrones then the title should have been series will be ultra violent and and then in the story say it'll be ultra violent with like a game of thrones feel i, I just yeah but then there's, right. there's ultra violent like jason x there's ultra violent like any number of craptitude films that have come out so yeah. it's still we want to point out it's going to be good yeah, because so. it's still marketing speak. Like Corey, like Corey said, you know, you get Game of Thrones there in the header, and that helps. And that's true. I'm sure both would have their people will click on this because it says Game of Thrones. People would have clicked on it if it was if it's just said that it's it's ultra violent. Yeah. People are going to click on it just because it says Castlevania. I mean, there's, but yeah, I, I'm no marketing person. I don't. I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't sell. You can tell by our numbers. <laughs> I couldn't sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. No. Nope. What? It's from Tommy Boy. That's why. Fuck you. That's why. You haven't marketed Tommy Boy to me enough. <laughs> nah, let's move on to something a little more. <laughs> um, Sci-Fi has ordered two more seasons of the show Channel Zero. Um, it. I didn't realize. So this is they're ordering season three and four. I didn't realize that season two was already happening, and I'm pumped for it. I re- actually really enjoyed the first season. Yeah, it's good to see shows like this getting success. It's an anthology show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of 
I think as far as sci-fi goes right now, when you look at things like Black Mirror, that's the success that we're seeing. We're seeing more of that than we are, uh, I think, even in comparison to serials right now. And we're, we're seeing things like the OA, and I'm watching a show called Travelers on Netflix right now, which I think went under the radar. But the shows that are getting talked about more, uh, aside from Stranger Things, are, are, are things like Black Mirror, and I think Channel Zero is trying to pick up on that and is doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, I don't, did either of you watch the first season of this? I did not know this was a show until five minutes right, ago. Okay. And it Fair looks enough. really rad. Yeah, I would so totally watch this. The first season was... Um, so it sounds like every season will be basically based on one creepy pasta. So the first one was... And I drank away a lot of the memories of the first season. But it was about like this this monster that's just all teeth. And there's this whole crazy backstory. And um, it was really cool. And it looks like the next the second season will be about the no-end house, which I'm not at all familiar with. But um, Oh, so I kind of misspoke. It's not an anthology per episode. It's an anthology per season. Per season, like, yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of why I went into it without being good. like, hey, fuck, you're wrong. Stop I, I, I often am. <laughs> I'm I'm wrong all the time. I'm married. I'm used to being wrong. Oh God! <laughs> this is wrong. Where, this is where I cry on the podcast. Um. So yeah. So so no. The, the next season, uh, No End House comes out in uh, October. Man, Halloween's gonna be fucking awesome. Stranger Things, season two. Yeah. God damn. Um, yeah. Oh shit. I mean, how how heart swelling was seeing those kids dress up like Ghostbusters. Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh. Yeah, I know we were um, obviously we watched the Super Bowl and we saw a commercial. And this is like I know what we're doing on Halloween. Kind of looked there and I said anal. Yep. No, I got hit for that. That's good because it makes her live in fear. <laughs> that's true. You never know when I'm gonna get you. Of, of how she's gonna find something that's gonna fit in your butt that actually you'll feel. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, right on. Uh, let's move on to the next one. There isn't a whole lot of substance there, other than two more seasons of Channel Zero. If you're into that, um, this one, this this one, uh, the new Halloween that people may or may not have been talking about, that is, I believe, directed by Danny McBride, produced by. It, he's he's definitely part of the script? production team and uh, part of the script writing team. Yeah, which is insane, but I'm still I, I love Danny McBride, so I'm curious to see how this pans out. But I love Danny McBride for like funny things that Danny McBride does. So we'll see. But the point of this story is that it is not gonna be another remake. It comes after Halloween two in the original Halloween anthology. So directly after, meaning it takes place in the early eighties. Yep. Uh is it gonna have to do with with Laurie Strode. It, it, that's that's sort of my question: is doing something that's a direct sequel. We've seen the continuing story of of both the Meyer family, which sort of got retroactively taken out because they then went to Halloween H two O, which dealt with Laurie, and then we saw that finish off in Halloween Resurrection. So now we're going backwards to pick up stuff and and maybe tell more of her again but with a different actress it's that's a little unusual to me um i don't have a huge problem with it because i'm super excited for it i also hear that john carpenter is going to be writing the Mm -hmm. score for this which is thank you lord 
Uh, I can't get enough John Carpenter music these days. It, it seems like he's constantly got new stuff coming out, and it's all excellent. Did you go see him when he did his tour? No, I had no idea that even happened. Brett, did you? I did not, no. <clears throat> I believe it was last October. He was in Milwaukee, and it was pretty expensive for for me to drive two hours each direction. It was a little too expensive for just to see John Carpenter play music. I don't get into it like you guys do. But it's all there's just something really comforting about it, and and the fact that his music is evocative of all his horror movies. Mm -hmm. But it's still it it feels old school. It's kind of like the opening theme to Stranger Things, which I thought was kind of similar to that. Also, the music that was used in It Follows has that '80s synthesizer vibe. Um, I, I just I find it relaxing for some reason. But I used to sleep to the soundtrack for Twin Peaks. I'm not surprised at all. Nothing One thing that, about though. this is that Danny McBride being the scriptwriter sounds unusual until you think about uh, Seth Rogen being one of the, the people behind the Preacher TV series. Uh, Joseph Gurlevitt for a while was trying to work on the Sandman series, was pushing really hard for it, and then it just kind of fell apart. But that's unfortunately how things happen a lot. Mm hmm it's these people are fans you know these people who grew up watching these movies uh having the same kind of fandom that we did except they got into the business but it's cool that they come back and they're like yeah i wish there was a halloween movie out well i should fucking work on that <laughs> i'll just make one i i mean we're doing that with gremlins 3 maybe no we are doing that with gremlins 3 we gotta work uh -huh. we gotta we gotta we should set up a steering committee with jack and dan to get that right. motherfucker rolling we should all get together and ride steers. <sighs> Shut up, Corey. I can't. I can't even handle <laughs> you right now. Um, so this this iteration of Halloween is going to come out on October nineteenth, twenty eighteen, which is a fucking long ways away. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't suck. Or hopefully, like in the case of our next story, it doesn't get pulled. If if you're for some reason not aware there was supposed to be a friday the 13th coming out on friday october 13th correct i think october just has a friday the 13th. yeah october 13 2017 is when it was supposed to come out because that's that's one of those things that happens every couple of years but it's it's nice for the symmetry of it's october when people are in the mood to see horror movies mm -hmm. and it's friday the 13th which is when we want to fucking release this mm -hmm. and they couldn't make it happen yep they pulled it and i'm super sad about it i've been talking about it a lot recently with some friends <sighs> i don't know man i had such high hopes they were talking about doing like more of his backstory and all his shit and stuff with his dad yeah it's it's complicated because going back to the Halloween thing, when they started doing the series uh, after three, so episodes four, five and six of Halloween, they tried to get more into the mythology of Michael Myers making it a spiritual devil related thing. By six, especially, they were like, oh, well, here's this cult and here's this other stuff. And it just lost sight of what made the Michael Myers Halloween movies good. And then they got back to it by H2O. Uh, Friday the 13th, same sort of thing. By the time they did the final Friday, it was all this weird shit. It almost had no Jason in it. It had people running around that had Jason's spirit in their bodies for some reason. It was completely <sighs> fucked up and stupid. What people want from 
a Halloween or a Friday the 13th movie, and Friday the thing, Friday the 13th, I think, even more, is they just want to see him going around and killing people, yeah. killing campers. Yeah. It, it's it's not hard to make that happen. It it sure it seems very repetitive by the time you get to the 13th, 14th film, but that's what it was built on. And to try to go into the backstory and stuff like they did with the Halloween remakes with young Michael, I don't know that that's what the audience wants at this point. One thing that's worth mentioning as well, just so we don't bury the lead here, um, it looks like they announced that they were going to pull it off their release schedule, and then a couple hours later, they announced that they've shut down production indefinitely. So it doesn't look like it's ever going to come out, at least not this iteration of it. Right. Yeah, that's sad. Like, I don't like that that's a thing. But also this week, or the last couple of weeks, the Rings sequel came out which i heard and, was not good right and it underperformed right. incredibly and i think that that's kind of killed some of the momentum for things like for things like this because not only did this get pulled but the sequel to world war z got pulled mm-hmm. that's okay but they're still planning on doing it there, there's <laughs> talk that david fincher might direct the sequel oh really yeah cool uh because he's got a relationship with brad pitt was yeah, there a world war z2 book but, no, but there's enough stuff to mine from the World War Z book that didn't get used at all in the first movie. Okay, and that would that would have been my next question. I never read the book. I watched the first movie, and it was whatever. But yeah, I think it's a movie that only gets a sequel because of the the cast involved. I'm just, I'm you sure. Know, and the first giant, movie probably made a butt fuck ton of money. Yeah, giant Hollywood movie that wasn't necessarily good, but people went to see because fucking Brad Pitt's in it. Delicious sure. abs, <laughs> and you know what? On the bright side, as as Matt and I have both played a little bit of, at least we get the game this year. Um, that's true. So that's cool. That is very very true. I'm still on a mission to try and get uh, the drown the lifeguard songs on that thing. Oh, that'd be so cool. I know. How many, how many times do I gotta send it to Randy Greenback before he just accepts it? Just lay back and accept <laughs> it, buddy. Hey, you know what? Just keep sending it. That's the key. I sent it to him on How many times has Matt told me in the privacy of our own home, just lay back and accept it, buddy? <laughs> just four. Four times. Oh. <laughs> I let you off easy. With long refractory periods in between. That's very true. Um, yeah, so that sucks. Hopefully, eventually it'll come back, but we'll see. Um, let's, go, let's, let's get into uh, He Never Died because I really want to talk about this. Yeah. Now, <laughs> as with any time anyone sends me a movie, they're like, yeah, I really want to watch this movie. He never died when Brett when it was like two months ago. And um, I was not looking forward to it. And then I started watching it. And like within 10 minutes, I was like, this is so fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> Henry Rollins is such a good, like weird actor. Like he, in, in, in the character he played in Johnny Mnemonic, was probably yeah. one of my favorite, and I used to watch that movie on repeat when I was a kid. Jack in this movie reminded me kind of of that, just like the real stone faced, like straightforward. Um, he yet just plays himself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He really go. does. Yeah, like I think the best way to describe him was I was watching this with a friend, uh, and first of all, I pride myself with the weird shit that I bring to your guys' show. Definitely I mean, the like first you. time Cabin in the Woods, I think. Yep. The second time was. 
uh, from dusk till dawn. So we're really going down the rabbit hole the third time here. Uh, and when you watch Rollins in this film, he acts like a Bioware game character. Like, <laughs> like he is. You can tell that his mind is like going through like three or four pre-programmed responses, and he's just gonna spit out one of them. Uh, it's the best thing ever. He's so ridiculously stoic and passively aggressive. Not even passively. I just I love his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And I know that they're talking about making this a series. I believe. Yeah, it's something that has actually been confirmed. So they are going to make it at some point. It's just getting Rollins on board. And he's he was a producer on this too. That was one of the things that I noticed right going in. I'm like, oh, he he wasn't just in this. He's part of what made this. And so I had even higher, higher expectations. I've seen a lot of movies that he's been in that were shit movies. But he was fully enjoyable in them. You know, that that's the thing is like he's just one of those guys that you like to see on screen mm-hmm. whatever the the fucking shit pile is that it, that he's in yeah and there's also the context of just the fact that it's it's it, you know it's henry rollins it is it which is to some people black flag yep yep uh and and you and yeah he's he's so um i you got to imagine that the way they approach him with this they're like hey henry rollins you want to be in a movie they're like yeah and that's just kind of the extent of the dialogue that <laughs> yeah. happened between him and the other producers of this film, probably throughout the entirety of making it as well. I like to believe that there's not actually a script. They just put on like stock sound effects of like horses whinnying and stuff. That's like half of the movie. And then just <laughs> he laid in bed and angrily mused about who he was going to yell at next in a record store, which he does a lot. <laughs> like go on YouTube and type in like Henry Rollins yelling at people. And he like goes in the record shops to just to just yell at children. Um, now, if he if he does that to me, if I happen to be in a record store, I'd have to find one. And and Henry Rollins happens to be there, and I'm buying uh, uh, my Comical Romance album as I would. And uh, he starts yelling at me about it. Should I try to hide my erection from him, or should I just blatantly poke him with it? Poke him with it. Thank I, you. I, that's all I needed was vindication. <laughs> There you go. No doubt. Poke Henry Rollins with your boner. Yeah. Um, have, have either of you ever heard of the show This Is Not Happening? No. So it's a no. Comedy Central series where comics tell fucked up stories about things that they've been involved in. And there's one with Henry, Henry Rollins and it's um, he talks about like joining Black Flag and like some chick who's just ultra messed up on drugs like just driving him and, and he thought he was going to die. And then I, I think that, and it's been a long time since I watched it, but I think the gist of it is she had to speed to get him home so he could finish writing the new Black Flag album. And he was uh, basically just like, if you kill me, there is no Black Flag album. <laughs> so she like <laughs> slowed down, but that's a great show. Um, there, it, it, I think Comedy Central puts every segment up on YouTube. So if you want to oh, lose, cool. if you want to lose like a half a day, just YouTube, this is not happening. Another uh, another good pick out there of a comedy thing with with Rollins is if you've ever watched the Eric Andre show, which is just a, a complete oh, yeah. clusterfuck in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the episode he was on because it's so absolutely bizarre. Like three fourths of the episode is just him peeking out from behind the stage curtain, uh, and then at the end of the program, he just comes out and gives a really long monologue about frozen yogurt while Questlove like awkwardly plays like a broken beat on the drums it's great 
I never, I never understood the Eric Andre show. And I, I don't like think he does. <laughs> well, that's, and I think that's 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 the allure. Like I really like Tim and Eric, but Eric Andre is just a little too weird. Yeah, he really goes for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, when he shows up on other people's shows and is throwing down firecrackers and stuff in the middle of the studio, that I was like, hey, shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eric Andre was on Hot Ones, which is another YouTube series I love where they interview celebrities while eating progressively hotter chicken wings until they get yeah they just like um joey diaz was on if you if you listen to the uh, the joe rogan podcast that name rings a bell and um he just sweats through his shirt and he stands up at one point and he goes i'm just gonna smoke a joint do you mind and like the whole crew is like and he, he's like all right good thing i don't have a lighter he just sits back down <laughs> yeah i love the internet um so this movie yeah 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 it was fucking good. It really is. So my, one of the things that I, I judge a lot of stuff off of, just inadvertently, is I put this movie on, know nothing really about it. My wife's in the room. She's got her phone in her hand. I know it's going to be like, I'm going to keep looking over her to see if she's paying attention to the movie or not. I don't think she picked up her phone to look at it once while this was on. Like, she just stared transfixed at the screen the whole fucking time like at one point at the beginning she laughed at oh i think when the guy goes to put the gun in rollins's face the first time and he just slaps it out of his hand yeah just casually um and she just kept watching another point i think is when she realized who jordan Tedusi is um who i recognized right away uh she played because you're a big degrassi fan or what yeah exactly are you really she watched Degrassi all the time, so I've seen a lot of Degrassi <sighs> with her. Mm-hmm. But I remember Jordan playing the uh, uh, the transgendered character Adam on the show, and of course she looks incredibly different now. But that's still that's a huge statement for this girl who was like a, a teenager playing a boy on a TV series uh, and doing a great job of it. And so did I was really excited to see her show up in this. And so was my wife. It's got a very interesting um, cast uh, because the the entire film essentially is just like, I don't know how to describe Rollins just kind of goes to the same places over and over, the character Jack. And I find the waitress so particularly interesting because I don't understand why she likes him. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, he is, he's so distant and creepy and older than her mm-hmm. uh, by a significant margin he's he shows up like beat up half the time uh and she well, doesn't well, really seem to have, right and he doesn't seem to have a life um at all uh and i find it so interesting that she's just really into henry rollins I well think- first of all there's something called work hot um which is <laughs> your familiarity of the the place that you work at and the people you see every day they become more attractive because that's your social circle yes that is um uh-huh. and the, the other part of it is that we know that she makes bad choices because the guy that she's dating tim who's a complete and utter fuckwit mm-hmm. uh is is the last dude that she was with so comparatively henry Rollins seems improved and he's quiet he's polite he's that's not true He's not a total asshole. He he's an asshole, but he's like, I'm just gruff, you know. And you can find appreciation for someone who's short. And it it's like uh, Rhode Island people that I work with a lot. They're very matter of fact. 
And some people find that very bothersome. I think it's amazing. I love it. I love that person who just gets to their fucking point and doesn't really hold back sometimes. I, I do appreciate a little bit of of kindness, but sometimes, especially when you're working with somebody, it's just nice to just tell it like it is. I think one of the best scenes in this movie, and I totally agree with you, um, is the scene where he really he opens up to her for like probably the only time in the film mm -hmm. when they're when he's walking her home and he gives her a backstory of what he has previously worked and you you don't know when the scene is going to end he's like he's like blacksmith dentist like he's just going on and on and on i don't think he actually had either of those um but i love that scene because it reminded me like wow henry rollins actually memorized lines for this it isn't just him being himself <laughs> Or, or maybe I, he has I don't done know all those things. True. I, I that's the thing with Rollins is I could see him just like make up fucking uh, jobs that you would have had over your thousands of year lifespan, and he's like, oh yeah, I, I got it, you know, and just ran with it. That's yeah. true. Do you think this even had a script? Like, <laughs> is there a script writer for this movie? <laughs> I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, uh, one yes, thing... there. Oh, there was the director. Okay, oh, okay. Jason Krozik. Um probably one of my one of the scenes that made me laugh the hardest <clears throat> it's after he gets shot in the head the first time and he's pulling the bullet out and uh the waitress is just kind of like do you do you have to do that and he's like yeah if i don't i get a migraine like this has happened so many times that he knows that if he doesn't pull the bullet out he's gonna get a migraine and yeah. like it doesn't my reaction would have been how fucking often does this happen that you just know that you're going to get a migraine if you don't pull the bullet out. And she's just like, oh, okay. And goes right back to complaining about him killing everybody. And I think it that's also, actually... Oh, go ahead, Corey. I, I was just going to say, it also kind of points out the fact that he feels the pain of the things that happened to him. He, he's not invulnerable to it. He gets shot. He feels the shot. He gets sliced. He feels it, but he just he's gotten so accustomed to it that when he's walking around with an ice pick in his in his side, he's like, oh, yeah, ice pick. And he pulls it out, but he knows he's going to heal, so he doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But it's still, like, mildly annoying that I just got shot in the head. Right. And uh, I'm glad that Matt brought up, like, the fact that Kara is just angry at him the latter half of the film. Because I love the fact that this film does not double down on a... No, actually, it does double down on not having a relationship aspect to this film. Uh, you would expect in traditional filmmaking and storytelling arcs for Henry Rollins' character Jack and Kate Greenhouse's character Kara to have some sort of romantic entanglement by the end of the film because they're, they're being brought together by this reality of the fact that he is Kane, and we'll get into that later, mm -hmm. uh, and... and you know they're they're saving his daughter but no she hates it and that's what's great about the end of this movie is that uh she it literally becomes a business exchange between the two of them where she is just incredibly frustrated at the fact that she has now been brought into this situation with this guy and i love that it's not just a traditional she falls for him thing it, they, they did it in a so much more interesting way yeah, the first part is he offers her a million dollars to take her, him and the the guy captive home, and and that's life changing money as he explains. And then he tries to offer her all the rest of his money later, and she's like, "No, I don't give a shit about that. You promised you weren't coming around in my life anymore. I'm so fucked up from this already." 
and then it's the goodness of who she is that he he uses to say they have Andrea, they have my daughter, you know, and that's what pulls her in. That's the moment where she goes, fuck, you know, and she just turns <laughs> she's like, I have to fucking do this now. And and she even uses that with him after at the end is like it's it's he's still he's a bad person who's goal tried to go cold turkey of being a bad person trying to control bloodlust and everything throughout his life and this is the all this shit happens because somebody comes around and fucks with him enough that he goes off his his uh his break from it john wick with henry rollins right exactly someone killed his puppy you motherfucker (laughs) um but as, even as he's going around looking for people to serve his bloodlust with, he refuses to go after good people. He tries to tempt people like, I just dropped money. You know, someone's going to come up and fuck with me now. And the guy comes up and gives him his money back and says, you should be more careful. He he goes up to this group of kids and, and they're like all being fucking little gangsters at him. And he's like, well, you're like 14. I can't fucking kill you. Hey, you with the gun in the back. How old are you? Old enough. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> that'll do. <work. laughs> and, and that's like he's he's got a, a, his set of rules, which is funny because he must have developed them over time, trying to become as not as bad of a person. But he knows that he's going through shit. And at the end of the movie, we get to the point where like we're waiting for this revenge scene to to finally pay off. And he gets pulled away from it because, again, of of Kara coming in and saying, "I need help to save your kid's life," which is another thing I want to get to. But uh, we'll we'll go back a little bit in the film first. Yeah, and I and I I love that scene when he's trying to tempt people. He's trying to give people a reason, uh, which is an interesting dynamic to his character. Uh, and. One thing we should mention uh, is that about halfway through the film, it is it is revealed to Kara Kara that that he is Cain. He is the the biblical character who had killed his brother Abel, the first murderer, the one that God uh, cursed to walk the world eternally. Uh, and there and so basically, like this movie takes a really really weird like biblical turn in the latter half of it. Uh, which I think is really fascinating and makes mm-hmm. it a but lot. But they lay groundwork for in the beginning because you see the scars on his back and it looks like he had wings sheared off. Oh, totally, absolutely, and and they also lay ground with like the weird stock effects that are just like playing in the background as he's like angrily lying in bed, um, and then the weird little uh, you know box that he has the chest with all the stuff from like the Civil War and stuff. And there's great lines when when later after it's revealed he's Kane and she asks him how the civil war was. And he's like, I don't know. I was in China. Uh, and I love that, that they, that they brought like Kane into the storyline because I, I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm not sure if I've ever seen Kane as a character brought in, in a contemporary sense, because if you look at Kane as a biblical character, it would make sense that he would be wandering around right now because he is supposed to be wandering eternally. So this is kind of the manifestation of that and what he might be like after dealing with all that shit for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And that that's, I thought this movie gave the perfect amount of backstory for it to make sense. Why Jack was the way Jack was like, why could he just, be shot in the head and it doesn't make a difference because you know you never really figure out until he tells Kara that he is Kane that you know this guy gets shot in the head nothing happens he used to have wings and what what the fuck is happening here 
Um, so it was enough to to feed my need for backstory, but it wasn't too much that it was. It just got kind of kind of got dumb. It was it, shorthand enough because you recognize what the story is. If you have any kind of recollection of the Bible, um, you understand the story of Cain and Abel mm-hmm. very quickly. But it doesn't overtax you with a lot, a, a huge information download, because it uses that. Uh, on the other hand, I will say that um, Matt and I have talked about this a little bit. I used to play a bunch of the White Wolf role playing games, and the Vampire, uh, the Masquerade role playing game. In that game, all vampires are descended from Cain. Cain uh, is the first generation vampire, and then the people that he embraced gone to embrace the next generation the next generation the next generation and so on uh so the the powers of the original vampires are much stronger and a lot of the game is built around the basis of what happens when kane returns to the world uh so it's not like dracula was the first vampire because vampires have existed for eons before that it started out with kane so that's another thing i saw play out in this movie is a lot of it is hints that he's vampiric uh he's a vegetarian but we find out very early that he needs body parts and blood to remain healthy. And so he's been hiring out this guy who works as a he's interning at a hospital. He's an intern. Yes. Yeah. And that's the catalyst. He's also his intern. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's a catalyst for everything. And again, part of it is it's led to believe that he's a vampire. And she even makes mention car makes mention of it in the car. She starts to say, well, so you're a vampire. He's like, don't say the word. Uh, and and but he says he's the only one, which means he's never embraced anybody. He's never done the classic vampire tropes. But that leads into part of my questions with Andrea, his daughter, is we start to see little hints like she is maybe somewhat like him. Uh, one, she was a daughter that he didn't expect to have. Uh, he was with his her mother for less than a month, we find out. And he doesn't treat her possibly dying with a lot of respect or regret at first as he's walking Kara home he knows that the mob has called his house said that he has to come to the docks that night or they're going to kill her they've already killed her mom and so when Kara says oh where is andrea he goes she's probably with her mother now you know just leaving that and she doesn't know the context of that but it does kind of lead you to think that if they are planning sequels that's one of the things that I think that they would approach with it. Mm-hmm. Real quick to throw in there on top of the vampire thing is that there's always been a lot of, of lore. And uh, I I, th- I'm, I don't want to throw it in Jehovah's Witnesses mouth, but I think it might be part of their religion as well. I'm not sure. But um, I think the the origin of cannibalism is also rooted in Cain. Uh, he, he was a, some believe him to be the first cannibal. Uh, so and 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 a church that he created uh, after his fallout with God created a, a a version of cannibalism, and that's something we see in this film as well. Uh, is that is that that's the reason he doesn't eat a lot of red meat? It might be a it might be a vampiric reason. It might also be a cannibalism thing because that is tied to Cain and lore. So I love that they kind of play with both those as well, um, because then once he does you know indulge himself in it, he has to keep going and going mm-hmm. uh but to get back to where he allows himself to eat steak too yep right right um which would tie into both those because like the steak thing does he not want to eat like red meat does he not want to have the blood like who knows it's so, so well done 
Um, and but to go back to to Corey's inquiry, I think if they were to do a show on this, I would so hope that that um, Andrea would be would be healed. Uh, she does really get the crap beaten out of her, which is mm-hmm. something you don't necessarily expect to see in films where a, where a you know where a a dad is saving their kid. Usually, the kid doesn't come out of it like brutal you know brutally beaten, uh, but she does. And uh, one would hope that she survives and comes back and is is in the the this the short the short series yeah but he does also point out when he's in there he's like i'm not here because of her i'm not here to to fight you guys and kill you guys and everything because of my daughter you know i'm i'm here for me and i thought that was also an interesting take it it's it shows that he never does wind up giving a shit about the people until the very last second of the film you know, he gets pulled out of it by Kara, but he's also basically arguing with the, I guess we're going to call him, they call him the man with the goatee in the credits. Uh, I assume that he's death because he always yes. sees him, but he can't, other people can't see him until they do. And so there's a moment of like, is this guy God? Is this guy the devil? Because he, he says to the, the dude at the end, he's like, one day you're going to see the man that I see, you know, and, and then a few seconds later, a few seconds later, he does. Um, but it, he's arguing with him about the fact that he feels like he's not allowed to finish this guy off. He feels like he's being judged and he gets really pissed off. He starts screaming about, is this still about Abel? Uh, but he doesn't call him Abel, calls him by the correct pronunciation, I assume. And he, he just starts going off about this. Is like, why am I still being fucking judged for this? Nobody else goes through this shit like I do. And it's a really good, again, it's a download of information to express what the world of Kane must be like. Um, but it's not overloaded so much that it takes you out of the picture. It just sort of makes the argument of how this guy feels. It's, it's our true insight into his motivations at that point. So I agree the goatee man is 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 death then but but it, I think what one thing is interesting about it is it does kind of leave it somewhat open to interpretation uh death could be god for some people I I'm not death could be god <laughs> death is god ever listeners no um uh the man with the goatee could be god uh, he could be the devil, um, and it's it, it's really weird. It's kind of open up because the first time I saw it, I actually thought it was God. Um, right. That was my impression. And then the second time I saw it, I was kind of wrestling with the fact of it either being death or the devil, and I and I kind of arrived at death. Uh, but I love that that's open to interpretation. That they just call him with the man with the goatee. I think that's mm-hmm. great, or the goatee man. Yeah, I remember the the after the end just trying to figure out if it was i was i was between god or the devil yeah and it it could literally be one of the three i mean yeah because you could argue that when you die you're gonna see one of the three you know sure right sure fucking deep theory um (laughs) or it could be something else entirely because i mean it it could be caron it 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 could be so many different things it's whatever they want to make the mythology in this film be. Does he show up to everybody or does he show up only to the people that are brought to death by Jack? You know, that's mm, that's right. another question. That's is, a really is, good is question. His own personal dark angel or something that there's so many things that it could be. And that's why I love that they're 
seems to be a plan to do more of this. But again, this is also one of those films that Matt and I like to see things kind of fleshed out enough so we don't have a ton of questions. But I can't say that any question I have about this movie kills the enjoyment of it. It The mm -hmm. mysteries are perfectly well-founded. I, I didn't feel at a loss after I was done. I was just like, shit, I would love more of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because one thing we should mention with that goatee man is there's another question that we had because he might he's also a, a you know a specter in Jack's life. Uh, he, Jack sees him a lot of the time. There is a there's a great scene where where uh, Andrea can see him, too, which it's which brings a whole other di di yep. dynamic to this film. Uh, which which is curious to me, and I'm still not sure how to explain that or comprehend that. I'm working on that one, but um, you know, this guy is 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 a specter in his life. He's 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 at the other end of the bar when when Jack doesn't want him to be. He's sitting in the in the diner, a couple seats back, just silently watching him, uh, judging him by the looks of how Jack feels about it. And that's another great dynamic of that character. Yeah, I mean, it, one thing could be that he's the the specter of Abel, and Abel grew up to be an older man after death, or this is the image that he wants to have haunting Jack as he goes around in life. But it's his brother keeping an eye on him. Am I my brother's keeper kind of thing? I just want to throw out there that apparently the guy who plays the goatee man, a man named Don uh, Franks, I think. I don't think it's actually pronounced Franks. Uh... He was in heavy metal. He was in I'm Not There. He was in Inspector Gadget. Uh, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he died, he, died, he died earlier last year in April of 2016, but he was really in one hell. He was a, uh, he was a drummer, a poet, a motorcyclist, an author, and a peace activist. So, <laughs> a busy man. So he's busy got man. as long a resume as Jack does in the movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah, this is such a cool movie. I, what, what else would you guys like to talk about this film? I think I got, I mean, I got, I got most of my stuff out. It was right. overall a very good movie. There was a couple deep scenes, but other than that, it was, it was really cut and dry, which I, I also enjoyed. I think it does itself some favors by the fact that Jack's life is so, uh, compartmentalized into such a small section of the world that he only goes to three places. Mm -hmm. The the church for bingo, which I thought was delightful. I thought that was really funny. That that was another really funny scene where he's like, uh, bingo doesn't start for another hour. Oh, that's fine. I'll just stay here. How long have you been here? What time is it? Nine? Three hours? Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Sit. But he, he, where else is he going to go? Yep. What else can he do? And, and, and he, he just, his life is so much of just... If if I had eternity and I hated that I had eternity, what would I do with my time? I would probably sleep as much as fucking possible because I'm miserable. You know, it he he's dealing with depression. He's dealing with a life that he has no control over and and uh, a personhood that he has very little control over. And so all he wants to do is come home and sleep and be left alone. So when someone knocks on his door, be it his landlady, who was terrific in this, by the way, <laughs> the, the nine-year-old right. landlady who just comes up and like, oh, hi, how's it going? Have you seen your neighbor? I, he disappeared. Yeah, because uh, I killed him. <laughs> um, but he he just doesn't want to deal with anybody else's shit. And I think that that's 
like you mentioned earlier, the John Wick connection makes a lot of sense because John Wick followed a lot of the same themes. John Wick had gotten to a point in his life where he had lost his wife and everything. Uh, so he was he was pretty much just like, I'm fucking miserable and I'll live in miserably, miserably in solitude for the rest of my life. Uh, but then someone fucked with him by killing his dog and that brought him out of it. And this and Rollins gets fucked with by people who, who are trying to fuck with him. They're trying to instigate shit because of something that he did. Uh, to the guy's dad and that's that's what happens with mob stuff anyway so they're they're kind of parallels in films in that regard um mm -hmm. but i i get where he's coming from this so much and and they utilize it perfectly but what i was going to say about the, the the three places if you have a small budget film to have to only use three spots that you can really go to that's a great way of doing it is they explain it in the character so you don't feel like, oh, all this takes place in a fucking diner and an apartment and occasionally this nightclub. And that's it. <laughs> um, they, It's so smart to do it that way because you're making a small story. You know you've got a small budget for a film, but it all makes sense in how it's utilized. Do you know what the budget Absolutely. was? Absolutely. By chance? I don't know. Um, say on the one thing I wanted to tack on to what Corey was discussing is is a little while ago you mentioned that he doesn't really care about anyone in the film up until like literally like the last second in the film um there is a scene in this film i think it's the second time he visits maybe it's the first time he visits a mob boss where he knows andrea's there i don't know if you guys caught this but yeah. like he yeah looks he hears over. somebody behind the wall and he just doesn't decide to do anything about it at that point right and i and i strongly believe that he knows she is there I think he is I think he is on his own quest and he and he leaves her for whatever reason and then later comes back and 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 fixes it for whatever reason. But I, I that's again, that's another open ended piece of this plot that I think is is great. It's open to interpretation. And I hope when they make a, a series of this, they do, you know, they they allow us to be interpretive about how how he you know, deals with things. I think that's part of the greatness of this movie. And I think if you took that away and explained too much, you're going to lose a lot of that. Well, I, I, I want to attribute the amount of information given about what is really happening to music. And Brett, I'm sure you can relate to this, but oftentimes yeah, it's got a real interesting soundtrack <laughs> That too. But, um, what I'm saying is like a lot of times people like to try and figure out what a song means, what the lyrics and everything is about. And if, if the person writing the song is good enough, it can be a number of things based on how you interpret it. And I think that's the same kind of general concept with this movie. It's like, there's enough there for you to be able to form your, form your own opinion, but there's not enough there for the ability for a multitude of people to, to form their different opinions. You know oh, what I mean? totally. Yeah, Absolutely. like the conversation we had with the, the man in the goatee as I'm getting shot in the face with the sun now. Um, you know, it could be one of three things based on how you saw it. And that's like any song that's poetically written as it could be any number of things based on how you interpret it. And, and that's, I think that's, that's probably why I like this movie the, the most is because there's enough there to get into it and to understand what's happening. But there's enough left out that you can kind of have a discussion. 
I will say two things. Um, one, I wish that they had just made Henry Rollins literally Kane in this movie. So at some point in Kane's eternal life, he just decided that the best way to cope with this was to front Black Flag. Um, <laughs> just an extension of that. I feel like that would have been great. Uh, and then two, I would think it would have been hilarious if if Henry Rollins had done the music for this film. That would have been uh, really good. He actually doesn't even do music anymore. He no. just, you know, uh, rants on stage, which is incredibly entertaining and often very provocative and thoughtful. Have you ever seen but him live? That would have been interesting. I have not, but I've watched a lot of his live performances over the last couple of years, and it's real interesting. Basically, he just gives you an angry TED Talk. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that I would have loved both those things to happen, but alas... It's an enjoyable film. It's it's really bizarre, and not a lot of people have seen it, which is why I wanted to force you guys to watch it. I figured I'm as so happy also, you did. yeah, I figured also, um, it's on Netflix, people, so it's really easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought this movie was great, so I say it again, which we're gonna get yeah, into some, a third some time. The next time I see you, this was fantastic. Yeah, um, Good stuff. let's uh, let's let's rate this bad boy then never really talk about how much we loved it um i don't i think we we, we changed the rating scale since the last time you were here brad we're now okay. using the tried and true fap scale fap right on because i like dick jokes um we based it on the feature which is the story of the movie zero to five the attention um and then the panic which is gonna be your scariness but we'll go through one at a time as our guest Brett, for the future, zero to five. How did you? What do you think about the story? How was the acting? I think the story is a. F- I think I'll give it a solid four. Uh, just because I can't determine whether or not Henry Rollins' his acting is brilliant or just literally <laughs> him being him. I just can't. I can't figure it out. I just can't. I think I. I literally think someone just pushed him out of his trailer at the beginning of every day. And just said like, "Go do shit," and we'll just put a camera on. Be you. you. His, his be trailer you. looked exactly like the room that he was in 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 character. It's just him lying on a fucking mattress and getting pissed off anytime someone knocks on the door. Right. It's time to go film him. You're seeing now. Fuck you. I like to believe that's actually Henry Rollins' apartment that he just lives that way. <laughs> uh, I think all of that's entirely possible. So a, yeah, I give a solid four. Has a chest with millions of dollars at the foot of his bed. Again, entirely possible. <laughs> it really is. Corey, how about you? With like old Civil War relics in it too. <laughs> uh, I I completely agree. I think a four is it's a very solid rating. Uh, I I can't kid myself and say that it's it's a five movie as far as or, the or, origin, the story, the the acting, but it's all really really good. I have nothing negative to say about it at all. Um, Four is a great score for it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I also gave it a four. Um, I almost gave it a five based on when Brett said, well, I don't know if Henry Rollins is really acting. And I thought, you know what? That is the genius of Henry Rollins as an actor is you don't know if he's acting That's or true. not. That's true. That's true. He's also in Sons of Anarchy where he plays a really frightening white supremacist. Uh, uh, I could totally see that. Is it really just yeah. himself but angrier? It's just himself but angrier and more racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, Winnie. we want you to be in Sons of Anarchy. Well, what's the role? You, but racist. Like, sign me up. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> when he played the cop in The Chase with mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Same sort of thing. It's like, it's Rollins as Rollins, except 
to a higher extreme. It's just amped up in a direction that is not truly him. Right. But it's still, it's so like, fucking but it's fucking So fucking That's right. why he's fun and everything. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, the attention, rewatchability. Uh, I'm assuming Brett owns this. If, I don't if it wasn't own on it, Netflix, yeah. but but I I would I want to own it. I actually discovered this less than two months ago, and I watched oh, wow. it with a friend, and then I forced another friend to watch it, who is a who is a not only a Henry Rollins fan, but had met Henry. Oh wow! Um, yeah, he was in a bar leading up to one of Henry Rollins' shows, and Rollins was at the bar, and uh, and he had a little exchange with Rollins at the at the bar counter, and apparently Rollins is very very short. So the more you know, uh, I would give this. A solid four again. Four. I I would love to own this. I would love to own a copy that had a a, a commentary of some sort. I would love mm-hmm. to know particularly what Henry Rollins was thinking, um, <laughs> or people trying to direct him. It, so, it, the commentary, if it's Rollins himself, is just going to be "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, right. fuck you" for two hours. And I want that in my life. Me too. Uh, particularly on Blu-ray. So if this does exist, I want it, and I'm going to yeah. go on Amazon after this. So yeah, four. Um, quick interjection here. How tall is your friend that Henry Rollins at 5'9 is short? 5'9 is a... Is a I, I guess my... I don't know. Well, I mean, that's like I average height. Think is of, that? Well, I'm 5'10", 5'11", something like that. Okay. My wife's right. five well, foot I mean, tall, so I'm kind of... I'm just shy of 5'9". My wife is 5'9". She likes to make fun of me because I'm short. Fair enough. Now, well, Glenn... We fire shots at... At Henry for that, then I guess. Then. No, but we can make fun of Glenn Danzig, who stands at a towering five foot three. <laughs> wow! How do you front the misfits being five foot three? That's true. <laughs> but but that's the thing is that there are people who can be short and still look imposing that you would never think that person's oh, yeah. short uh, until you meet them. And you go, oh, I I expect to be much taller. That's it's true. not like. Rollins is walking around on boxes like Tom Cruise, uh, trying to make himself look more imposing in a film. Like I've seen Tom Cruise standing next to other other actors and actresses who I know are taller than him. And they're right next to each other in a scene. You know, Tom is on something, and and not just his fucking religion. I mean, he's oh standing literally on a box. And how must that feel if you're the other actor, actress at the film, going? But you're on a crate. Uh, <laughs> That's sure. it. I'm going to go 4.5. <laughs> On that note. Um, I gave it a 4. I'm likely going to talk to a couple people and recommend this movie to them. So. <clears throat> uh, last one we have is the scariness. The, the panic. The pee. Um, how are the effects? And this movie was gory as fuck. For like what, that, what this movie was, it was pretty gory. Um, yeah. Brett, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I get, I don't. It's not a scary film. Uh, I, I'd give it. Uh, in fact, I was actually worried that it wouldn't fit Podcast of Terror, but then I figured, yeah. you know, like ah, it would because it's it, it has those themes. Uh, so I'd give it a one. I mean, it's it is, it has some gore to it. it it's very well done. It's 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 done out of necessity for the character, which I like. It's not just ostentatiously filling the movie with gore. Uh, but it's certainly not very scary. Uh, I guess maybe if you're uncomfortable by like. I would actually argue that this film would make you more uncomfortable with scenes like when you when he finds Andrea at the end and how beat up yeah. she is, mm-hmm. more so than stuff like the gore. Fair enough. And, which is precisely why I would give it a two. Um, the fact that Andrea disappears and is gone for almost all of the second half of the film, 
um, when she's such an important aspect of it at the beginning. Um, and you figure that you know what the movie's about. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, uh, she's probably dead now. And I don't really give a shit. But as the viewer, I fucking gave a shit. I'm like, why? But the, the fucking go find her, you know? <laughs> like, why are you stopping? Um, and the other reason why I upped it a little bit uh, was because of the scene where he spills the blood all over the floor and he's wiping out the blood with the sponge. And then he squeezes the sponge into a glass and drinks it. And that was all one shot. Uh, yeah. The part where he's sponging the blood off the floor in the glass and drinks was well, one he shot. He also licked it off the floor in that scene, too. Yes. Yep. It's it, a little bit like close. Yeah. Uh, fucking Henry, amazing. Again, I hope that's just how Henry Rollins lives yeah, exactly. his life. I hope that if he spills a milk carton, he like gets really frustrated, starts licking it off the floor, realizes that's not a viable solution for this, starts sponging it up, and sponges it into a wine glass. I, hope I he imagine does he doesn't that. even accidentally spill it on the floor. I think he throws a fucking milk carton at somebody, and he's like, <laughs> Are you stand there while I drink this in front of you. <laughs> exactly. Wow. We create a legendary Henry Rollins that probably doesn't even match up to the real Henry Rollins. Oh, it doesn't no, he's matter. Pretty- Yes. Who knows? Um, I gave it a two, mostly just because of the throat ripping and flesh eating parts. That's true. Yeah, but there is some there is some throat ripping. Yeah, <laughs> he ripped a few throats. There is some good finger food in this. Oh, very true. Oh God, I forgot he what he ate the fingers. Oh yeah, he takes him as like a he takes him as a snack. And he pulls a fucking yes. fingernail out of his mouth. Like, yeah, and I love it. I, the, I remember both people I watched this with had different reasons. They're like, "Why is he taking it? Is it sacrificial?" And I'm like, "I bet it's just a snack." Yeah, and it totally is just a snack. I figured it was. just It's a like snack. a Cheeto. Yeah, <laughs> he dips it in cheese. Mm. <laughs> awesome. That's what you do is you kill somebody who's been eating Cheetos and haven't licked their Ooh. fingers yet, and then you 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 double down. Yeah, I'm gonna exactly. murder you in like ten minutes. Can you just eat Cheetos before we do this? I think that's how Burger King came up with those Cheeto macaroni Mac and cheese Cheetos. Thing. Those things were fucking good. Another good thing, the Taco Bell naked chicken chalupa. Just throwing both things that I, I don't know that I've I've got the strength for at this point in my life. <laughs> I want to die young, so I eat it all. Uh Corey, you want to go ahead and take us out of here? Yeah, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com. That's pot. Become a pothead. Email us. Uh, or leave us a message on the website. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how you like the show love to hear movie suggestions but especially when something like this is brought to people's attentions yeah uh we'd like to hear what you thought of it we'd like to know uh had you discovered this film already or is this your first time hearing about it like it was for me and matt and what did you think what do you think about rollins uh has he ever screamed at you somewhere be a good time uh you can also follow the show on twitter and instagram at podcast of terror and subscribe via itunes stitcher google play or any of your and leave us feedback where you can. All subscription links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook group as Galactic Network over there. Brett, where can people find you? First of all, if you do have listeners that have gotten yelled at by Henry Rollins in public, please email in. I want that story in my life. Yep, me too. Um, but yeah, you, my name's Brett David Stewart. You can find me on brettdavidstewart.com. You can also find the podcasts I do, uh, Jukebox Podcast. That's over at jukeboxpodcast.com. That's a monthly showcase of independent music, the very best of the stuff around. We're going to be playing 
Uh, we have Drown the Lifeguard scheduled for February. So that'll suck. be exciting to play a little bit of. And uh, we are going to be doing more roundtables on that on that feed. So, And then in addition to that, I'm working on a couple different other shows, uh, Geek Cinema Society. I want to have both you guys back on at some point. You've both been on the program before. Mm-hmm. And that's over on Blazing Caribou. And then one other show I'm now doing on Blazing Caribou is called Statecraft, which I launched from Washington, D.C. the weekend of the inauguration. I was there covering it as a reporter. And uh, it's a political show, but it's one that you will be able to listen to and not hate me or yourself at the end of it, which is very hard. So check that out, Statecraft. You'll have to tell us how you get people to listen to your show and not hate you because we haven't quite landed that yet. <laughs> well, well, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I love Podcast of Terror. I love listening to it when I'm not a guest, and I love being on as a guest. So thanks again. Yeah, so what you've done you? is just now undermined all of your opinions. Right. <laughs> Exactly. My credibility is gone now, but I do enjoy your guys' it was, stuff. It was worth it. We really love having you on. Yeah. Uh, Corey, where can the nice peoples find you? Uh, you can find me at donutscomics.com. That's where I make comics, help publish comics, just blog for the comics usually. All, the uh, comics. all related to Levi Krauss. Yay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt the Lifeguard. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Podcast Terror, and we will talk to you guys next week. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we have talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com weird to listen, find out more, and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Next week, oh, not really. we're just doing a little thing. We're going to talk about video games and horror. Um, I'm traveling for work, so Corey and I had a plan ahead, and I don't know. I don't know what Corey. We didn't want to leave you high and dry. We wanted to bring you at least a little smidgen of something, so we're calling it a pot shot. Yep. So instead of high and dry, we're leaving you low and moist. That's how we do. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be back with that next week. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Stay scared, everybody. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>